Leviticus chapter number 13. Find your place. If you would please stand. You'll turn to Genesis and then you'll go to Exodus and there you'll be in Leviticus. And the third book, the Word of God. Find your place, say amen. 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 You keep doing that, I'll preach real fast, but if you don't, I'm going to be real slow this morning. Amen. Leviticus chapter 13, verse number 9. The Bible says, when the plague of leprosy is in a man, then he shall be brought unto the priest. Well, the priest, as I want to mention, has done been mentioned this morning, our great high priest, Lord Jesus Christ. But the Bible says, when the plague of leprosy is in a man, then he shall be brought unto the priest. The Bible said, and the priest shall see him. And behold, if the rising be white in the skin, and if turn the hair white, and there be quick raw flesh in the rising, the Bible said is it, it is an old leprosy in the skin of his flesh, and the priest shall pronounce him unclean, and shall not shut him up, for he is unclean. The Bible said, and if a leprosy break out abroad in the skin, and the leprosy cover all the skin of him that hath the plague from his head even to his foot, wheresoever the priest looketh, the Bible said, then the priest shall consider and behold. If the leprosy have covered all his flesh, he shall pronounce him clean that hath the plague. It is all turned white. He is clean. I want to read that last verse again. Then the priest shall consider and behold. If the leprosy have covered all his flesh, he shall pronounce him clean that hath the plague. It is all turned white. He is clean. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Dear Lord, most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we thank you, God, so much for the privilege, the opportunity just to be back in your house. And God, we just pray this morning, Lord, that you just help us to magnify your name. God, lift you up in a day when people are trying to tear you down. Father, we're thankful, God, to be saved, to be children of God. Father, we're so grateful that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sin, the sin of this world. And God, we just pray this morning, Lord, that you'd hide me behind the cross. God, we pray that you'd be magnified, that you'd be lifted up. And Father, we love you. We thank you. And God, we pray that you'd help your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. You'll be seated. I ought to preach this morning on this thought. Lord willing, I ought to preach Jesus Christ, our Savior, and our great High Priest. Jesus Christ, our Savior, and our great High Priest. And before we get to the message here this morning, uh, I think that sometimes uh, the book of Leviticus is overlooked a whole lot. Amen. And I think that we need to understand a few things about this book of Leviticus uh, before we get started. So as we break into the Word of God this morning, uh, we come to this wonderful book this morning that is known as the book of Leviticus. What is? 
does the book of Leviticus. Now, as we go through the book of Leviticus this morning, which Lord will, and I, I want to cover about two chapters of it. This is going to be different, amen, I know. I want to cover two chapters of it in this message. Uh, but as we look at this book, and as we come to the book of Leviticus this morning, uh, we come to what is known as the book of the law. Now, the law in the Word of God is very important, friend, if not for the law that was written in the Word of God, and if not for the laws that were in this book of Leviticus, if you will, and if not for the law of Moses written in the Word of God, then we would have never known our need for the grace of God, hey friend, for our lifetime. Friend, humans just like you and me could not and cannot ever keep the laws that are wrote in this book. But I'm glad this morning that our Savior Jesus Christ came to fulfill what you and I could not. I'm glad that He came to fulfill the law. He came to keep what you and I this morning could never ever keep. He done it perfectly. He done it rightly. He done it justly. He's never broken a commandment and He never will. And friend, He had to be that way so He could be our sacrifice so that we could be saved. He was perfect. He was uh, everything that we could never be. He is our first fruits. Amen. He's our everything. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. He is Jesus Christ. Friend, I'm telling you this morning, in a world that hates Him, the church house this morning ought to be full of a bunch of people that love Him. Amen. Friend, there's no way this morning that we could have ever been saved and born again without Him. Hallelujah. I'm glad this morning that our Savior fulfilled the law. And I'm glad this morning He done what you and I could never do. I'm glad this morning He conquered death and hell and the grave. But He conquered a disease this morning that you and I could never conquer. You say, preacher, what's the disease? I'll tell you in just a minute, friend. It's called sin. Amen. Friend, before I get ahead of myself, let me back up. So in the book of Leviticus, uh, we see this morning that Israel has come out of Egypt. And Israel in this book this morning is taught how to fulfill their priestly call. Friend, listen, they've been led out from the land of bondage in the Word of God. And in this book of Exodus, they were led out. But here in the book of Leviticus, something different takes place. They've been led into the sanctuary of God. Now, they've moved from redemption and they have moved to service. Uh, they have moved from deliverance and they've moved to dedication, uh, which is exactly what happens or what is supposed to happen the day you get saved and born again. Friend, we are to move from redemption and we are to move to serving God. Nobody wants to serve nobody anymore. And we got a, oh my, we got a bunch of people in our day who what I call a, a welfare Christians, amen. And we come to the house of God and soak up all the benefits of God and we never do nothing for Him. Welfare Christians, they want to sit at the house and let us take care of them while they soak up the benefits. Oh God, there's some Christians like that in our day and our time. Oh me or amen for you. Listen, we're to move from redemption and we're to move to service, which is another message, another day. But friend, listen, we are to live our life for the one who died for us on Calvary's cross. Hey friend, here in the book of Leviticus, the children of Israel are learning to serve God. They're learning to do 
what God wants them to do. They're learning about the laws of God in the, uh, in the book of Leviticus. And Priam, the very reason that we have law in our day and in our time is because the Word of God has some laws in it that are laid down for us. And a lot of the common laws we have in our day are found right in the Word of God. Friend, they want to destroy the law in our day. They want to do away with the cops. I'm telling you, friend, better get you a gun in here. But listen to me, friend. They're going to do away with all that. And why? Because Satan wants to do away with the Word of God. Friend, listen. It's the law. Why is it wrong to steal? Because God said so. Amen. Well, who wrote the first law? God did. Alright, so here in the book of Leviticus, we see that in this book, there's a lot of things that are pertaining to priests. But even though a lot of these laws pertain to priests, there's laws that pertain to children of Israel as well. Now, we're not under the law anymore. Don't get me wrong. Amen. But we can sure learn a lot of things from it. But we're under grace. Amen. And I'm glad this morning that I am not under the law. I'm glad, thank God, that I'm under grace. Could you imagine having to live under the law? But friend, as Moses pinned down the book of Leviticus, he was pinning down the way that God wanted the children of Israel to live during this time. And that is, listen, they were supposed to tend and adhere to the laws that were written down in this book. Could you imagine living in a time like that being a, uh, an Israelite? Having to do everything that the law said. Hey, we'd fail. We'd fall short like they did. But friend, it's interesting to know, it's been said, that in the context of the book of Leviticus, it says, it's come to, it says that it covers a period of roughly a month between the erection of the tabernacle and the departure of Sinai. That's what historians say. I don't know. But friend, as we dig into the book of Leviticus, it's good to know that this book this morning centers around the concept of holiness of our God. The holiness of God. It shows us how an unholy people can acceptably approach an all-holy God. Thank God. Friend, listen. It shows us how that they continually can remain in relationship, in fellowship with God. Boy, what we need in our day and our time is we need some children of God who will maintain fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Why can't we see revival in the church? Because our fellowship's broke. I'm not preaching on that this morning, but these are truths we can learn as Christians right out of the Old Testament. Alright, so this book shows us this morning the only way to God is through a blood sacrifice. Hear me well. I'm going somewhere which is all, with all this. Which is by the shed blood of Jesus Christ in our day. It shows us that the walk with God in our day is only by and through obedience to His laws in our day. See, after you get saved and born again, no, we're not under the law, but we all want to do the things of the law. After you're saved, after you're saved, you ought not want to steal. After you're saved, you ought not want to kill. Amen. And you shouldn't want to anyhow, but I'm just saying. Listen, this great and wonderful book of Leviticus falls into two major sections this morning I want to deal with. The first section you would see deals primarily with the sacrificial system of worship. Now, they would take that sacrifice and they would present that sacrifice to the priest. And the priest would take that sacrifice and kill that sacrifice and lay it up on an altar. Then you would see the second section deals with the sanctification of the 
people of Israel as a whole in which they can have through the ceremonial and moral cleansliness of the Lord Jesus Christ, well of God here in the Old Testament. But another great thing about this book, if you study it out in the light of the New Testament, hallelujah, you'll see that there are many types of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Friend, uh, you know what a type is, don't you? Yeah, no. Okay, amen. All right, let's go learn. Amen. But you'll see a type of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the books as well. And we're going to look at one of those types this morning. So in the book of Leviticus, you would find that in this book, there's a sacrificial system. They would sacrifice animals. Then you would see that system outlined in this book. It was given for Israel to make and to have a relationship with their God. They had to offer up the sacrifice so they could have a relationship. Now, sacrifices were not only given for the forgiveness of sin in the Old Testament. They were also given in those days in giving thanks and praise to God. And I got it's not being said, I'm telling you, it's not being said this morning. But if an Israelite wanted to give thanks to God, they had to kill an animal, they had to sacrifice that animal, offer it up as a free offering. Now they couldn't offer it up, the priest had to. Amen. So they brought the animal, pre-slayed it, and so it's a free will offering that they can give thanks to God with. Now in the light of the New Testament, that's changed for us as believers today. In our day, in our time, all that us that are saved and born again, if we want to give thanks and praise to God, we can come down humbly before God and we can bow our heads to Him and say, Lord, I want to thank You. And we can wave our hands to Him. You know what that is when you do the else. It's a sacrifice. It's an offering to God. It's a praise. Amen. When you raise up two hands and wave them at Him, you're just praising Him. Friend, listen, I don't know about you, but I'm glad I don't have to kill an animal every time I'm going to take God. Hey, I can just go to it. Tell Him, thank you, Lord. And we've seen the, heard the praise and the testimonies of what God's done already. What you've done was you offered up sacrifice to Him. Friend, I'm not going to get in this a whole lot right now. I don't want to give away the message. But the priesthood found in the book of Leviticus, you would see here that the priest is the one who would take the sacrifice. Now that priest would take that sacrifice where nobody else could go. Amen. And so it's just like Jesus Christ who is the only one who could take the blood where nobody else could go. Thank God to the Father. And the Father was pleased when He seen the Son's blood. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is the one who's identified as our great high priest. For He died on the cross of Calvary and He took the blood up to heaven to the Father where me and you could never where you and I can never ever stand before God. But He took the blood and down the cross. He took the blood. You and I can stand there before Him this morning. Lord have mercy. What a day, friend. The Bible said Hebrews 4.14 Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold, hold fast our profession. Friend, if you were to look at the Old Testament priest in the book of Leviticus, You'll see this morning they are a picture of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Now, there's some things about those priests that you and I can be doing in our day as well. Another message, another day. Now, since Jesus Christ is our great high priest, and since the blood of Christ this morning has been applied to our hearts and lives, if you're saved, we now have boldness to enter into the holy of the holies. Now, where's that at? Behind the veil. What's the veil in our name? The veil was written. 
mean, not in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, when Jesus Christ died on Calvary, the veil for us in our day that we can go behind is the flesh of the, blood of the flesh of the Lord Jesus Christ. Behind the veil. There's scripture for that. I'll give it to you after a while. Friend, listen. The Bible said in Hebrews 10 and 19, we can go to the Lord in prayer is what I'm getting at. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus Christ, by a new and living way, which He hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to save His flesh. Amen. Amen. The Bible said we're hid with Christ in God. Thank God. I don't know if you're getting a hold of this or not, but I am. The man was saying, let us draw near with a true heart full of assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Friend, what happens when you and I pray is that we are going directly to where those Old Testament priests could go. Friend, you and I get to go behind the veil. Hey, we get to talk to Jesus. Hey, we get to talk to God. Friend, listen. Hey, why do you thank God that come down and answer those said, sanctify yourselves therefore and be ye holy, for I am the Lord your God. Friend, there's no surprise at the typology in that verse. Listen, we know that Jesus Christ is all God. We know that Jesus Christ came to this earth. We know that Jesus Christ lived a perfect and a sinless life. He was holy before Almighty God. How do we get holy? Get born again. Washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey friend, do you understand this morning you're holy? Preacher, I don't feel like it. I'll get there in a minute. I'm feeling good this morning. Y'all going to bear with me. The only way that can happen in our day, you get saved and born again. Holy before the Lord. Friend, I preached on this thought before, I know. But I want to shed a different light on this leper and this priest. Friend, with that thought in our mind, I want to preach on the thought, Jesus Christ our Savior and our great High priest. I want to preach on three thoughts this morning, and I'm going to be here for a little while to get comfortable. Amen. I'm going to have a good time. But, friend, listen, I want you to take some time as a family, and I want you to get into the Word of God. I want you to look at these times. But the three thoughts I want to preach this morning, simple little thoughts God give me. Number one, I want to preach on this thought where the leper must be brought. Number two, I want to preach on the thought, I'll deal with this for a while. Uh, if the Lord let me. The great thing that happens when the leper is brought there. 
Thank God. Number three, the thing that happened to that leper that will last for a lifetime. Glory. Friend, let's look, number one, at the place where the leper must be brought. And before we get started, I want you to keep in mind, this leper here in the Word of God is a type and a picture of a lost sinner. And I want you to keep in mind that the priest is a picture of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now with that in our minds this morning, the place of a leper in those days and the place where that leper must be brought is that he had to be brought to the priest. The Bible says, in Leviticus chapter 13 and verse number 9. When the plague of leprosy is in a man, then he shall be brought unto the priest. Friend, when that leper uh, thought that something was wrong with him, when that leper thought that he was unclean, when that leper thought that something was wrong with him, my friend, the very first place the leper had to go is that he had to go unto the priest. Friend, I'm here to tell you this morning, that leper could not go unto his mother. That leper could not go to his daddy and cry, Daddy, there's something wrong with me. He could not go to his cousin and say, Cousin, there's something wrong with me. He could not go up to his uh, 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 prophet in those days and say, There's something wrong with me. The only place that the leper could go, could go is when he found out he was unclean is he had to go to the priest. Couldn't go nowhere else. Friend, the only one which the leper could go is that he had to go to the priest. Because the man was him, he was to be brought to the priest. Now, there's a sickness going on here in the Word of God. That sickness is leprosy. Now, there's a sickness going around in our day. Just like there was going on in that day. But the sickness going on in our day, in our time, is the sickness of something that is called sin. And I'm going to tell you this morning, the sickness of those days would show up on the outside just like the sickness of our day is showing up on the outside. You can look all around you in the world this morning and it doesn't take long to see how they see them. It's not only showing up on the inside, but it is also showing up on the outside. Friend, people are looting all over the land. People are uh, uh, burning down houses all over the land. Burning down buildings all over the land. You say, preacher, what's going on? I'll tell you, friend, it's a sickness called sin. The problem in which we're seeing in our day is not a cop problem. The problem that we see in our day is a sin problem. There's a sin of that nature. That's a bad sin in your and my eyes. And then there's a sin of little nature to you and me as well. Now listen, me and my beautiful little lad, amen, always have to tell our darling little girl, that you need to quit this. And you need to stop that. And you know what she'll do? And she's got to the point now where she's learned from her grandparents. She'll roll her eyes. Uh-oh. Amen. And she's got to the place where she'll go, blah, blah, blah. And you know what the problem is? I mean, our darling, cute little girl never does nothing wrong. Yeah, there's a lot of folks who think that their grandchildren never do anything wrong. I'm telling you, friend, yeah, they do. There's a lot of folks who think their children never do nothing wrong behind their backs. I'm telling you, oh yes, they do. I was young once too, and yeah, what's the problem? The problem is called sin. Hey, Amen. From the time you bring a little baby home and he gets in that crib and it's his mommy and daddy leaving and it goes, Wah! but there's nothing wrong with 
Lord. What's the problem? See him. Amen. I don't care how many home runs little Jimmy hits. Sin's still in life. I don't care if, uh, if little Jimmy makes all straight A's in school. He's still sin. There's still sin in his life. There's nothing you can do for him that'll take it away. The disease of leprosy in those days was a disease that was common to the people. But there's a disease in our day that is running rampant and is in our midst. And the disease of our day is a disease that shows up in everybody's life. Really, it doesn't matter whether you're black or white. It doesn't matter uh, this morning whether you're brown or whether your skin is fair. It doesn't matter, friend, if you went ahead and had your skin dyed blue or any other color. I'm telling you, sin runs rampant in each and every one. Amen. People on TV have the disease called sin. Uh, Hollywood, uh, everybody in Hollywood, amen. And we all have it, amen. Uh, people in Hollywood have the disease called sin. People who sing country music have the disease called sin. They never sang about it. Amen. We just listened to the radio and I was giving my wife a hard time. I said, can't you find anything better to listen to this? country radio station singing about somebody being a lover and they don't care. They don't care. And then we let our kids listen to it. And it runs through their minds. And then they get the scope. And they want to have them a lover. And you say, what's going on? It's called sin. Amen. Amen. Help me. That's the truth. It may not be popular, but it's the truth. Friend, people on TV have the disease. People that sing country music have the disease. The greatest basketball player in the world has the disease. The greatest baseball or softball player in the world has the disease. And they've got this disease. And you can't get enough hand sanitizer. And you can't get enough Clorox wipes to get it up. Friend, you ain't going to get much of toilet paper at the store. That can help you with the disease that we've all got this morning. That is called sin. I'm not talking about COVID-19. I'm talking about a disease, friend, this morning. That it, you, you can't catch it because you don't got it. Sin. Sin. Well, there's not a shot. There's not a vaccination that can help you with the disease. Holy water sprinkled on you by the most holy priest in the world will not help you. The Pope, as good as he thinks he is, cannot help you. Friend, being baptized time after time after time cannot help you. You can get baptized and still be lost. Amen. Ugh. Friend, the disease in which every little boy and every girl has, the disease in which every man and every woman has, is known as this disease called sin. And the disease has been known as a number one killer, not only in the United States, but all around the world. And it sent folks straight to a devil's hell. Number one killer. News won't tell you that. But the Bible will. Oh, friend, as we look at this word sin in the Word of God this morning, what does that mean, sin? What, what, what exactly does it mean? Well, let's just say we went as a church. And I know some of y'all pretty well. I need to know some of y'all more. And some of you like guns and some of you don't. And I do. So let's just say we all went. Got to do a little target practice one day. And let's say we all went. And uh, we all went to hit the bullseye. But we all missed the mark. That's what sin is. 
Sin is when you miss the mark. It don't matter how bad you miss the mark. You miss the mark. Amen. So, listen to this. In our day, in our time, there's a mark that we've all missed. What is that mark, preacher? The righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, we try to be good, but we miss the mark. We try to do a strand, but we miss the mark every time. Friend, I don't care how good you are this morning. There's a mark in which you miss. And it's the mark of the righteousness of an all-holy God. Friend, the very reason we've all missed the mark is because our parents missed the mark. When they were down there in the Garden of Eden and took the fruit of the tree that God told them not to eat, and they ate it so they could become, and uh, their minds would know as much as God. So, friend, when they got there, they were sinners. And they are parents in which all of us have this morning. We've all got something in common, you know that? We're all sinners and we have the same parents. Amen. Can't help it. Adam and Eve. That's where we come from. And ever since that day, mankind has been cursed with the curse of sin. God cursed the ground with thorns and cursed everybody with sin. That's not popular. But it's right. A disease in which we all have. All the way back in the Bible day, leprosy was the scourge of those days. It was even the disease of leprosy in those days that caused fear and dread upon every soul. Oh God, if the disease of sin would only cause fear and dread upon souls in our day. It was so bad in that day. It's been said that if you had the disease of leprosy, you'd be considered as a walking dead man. Friend, I'm telling you, there's a disease in our day. And if you've got the disease, which everybody does, if you've never been saved, you've got the disease of sin, and you're as a walking dead man. Walking dead man. Oh, friend. If you're lost, you're like the leper. The Bible said in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 1, and you had to quicken, thank God for us, but listen to this, who were dead in trespasses and sin. Friend, if you've never been quickened by the blood of Lord Jesus Christ, then you are dead in your sin and your trespasses. Friend, you're just like the leper. There's no hope for you in that. But friend, if you can only get to the great high priest, thank God He'll cleanse you, make you clean, wash you up. Hey, there's a cure this morning. Hey, Thanks, Jesus. Amen. Hey, man, friend. He's the only one curing you. Sin is ugly. It's not pretty. It's deadly. It kills many people and takes them to a devil's hell. Sin is something that our great high priest can cure. Sin is very loathsome. But the Savior has the cure. Sin is very contaminating. But hallelujah, Jesus ain't only the cure. I mean, not only does He have the cure, He is the cure. Hey, friend, you ever want to get over your problem of sin? Run straight to the priest. Hallelujah. If you're here and you're lost, our great high priest is the only one who can help you. Mommy and daddy and your good deeds cannot help you. There is nobody else in the world that can help you but one man named Jesus Christ. He's the only one. Hey friend, there's lots of folks who come up to an altar and say, I made a false profession. Their false profession didn't save them, but they ran face to face to the Savior and they got it right. Friend, I'm telling you, friend, if you're lost this morning, what you need to do is you need to get it right. You've got the sin. Jesus has the cure. That's pretty simple, ain't it? Friend, I like simple preaching. 
Amen. The Bible still yet said in Hebrews 4 and 14. See in the end that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. When dealing with that same high priest, the Bible said in Hebrews 10 and 10, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. In Old Testament days, the high priest of those days would have to take the blood of the sacrifice. He'd have to place that sacrifice on the altar. And then he would have to kill that sacrifice. But friend, when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ came to this world, God, when He came down from heaven, He offered up Himself a sacrifice so that we would never have to make a sacrifice. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ done it all so that we wouldn't have to do a thing except by grace through faith. Trust in Him. Believe in Him. Amen. Our great high priest. Friend, if you're here and you're lost, Jesus is all you need. I'm telling you, friend, the Old Testament disease of leprosy is just like the disease of sin. And both those diseases go far, far under the skin. Oh, friend, the problem was not so much as was what was on the outside. But the problem started within. Oh, listen, outside, you can be the best piece in slices. What I'm saying, you can be the best person you can be. You can be kind-hearted, tender-hearted. You can do anything for anybody. But if you've never trusted in Christ, you'll die lost and go to hell if you don't get saved. Friend, listen to me. Bible says Leviticus 13, 51 and 52. And he shall look on the plague on the seventh day. If the plague be spread in the garment, either in the warp or in the wolf or in the skin or in any work that is made of skin, the plague is a fretting leprosy. The Bible said, He shall therefore burn the garment, uh, whether warp or wolf, in woolen or linen or anything of skin, wherein the plague is, for it is a fretting leprosy, it shall be burned in the fire. If you're here and you're lost, you're like that fretting leprosy. What only thing good for? to get thrown into the fire. I'm just being honest. I preached on hell last week. I'm going to hit on it again. But friend, listen, before the leper could ever tell if he'd been healed or not, he had to go unto the priest. I'm telling you, friend, if you'll just run to the priest, he won't have to look. Did they even ask him to save you? He'll save you. Thank God. Hey! He'll cleanse you and wash you of every wrong you've done. Come, confess you're a sinner to Him and let Him set you heaven bound. Amen. In the first place, the leper had to be brought is he had to be brought to the priest. If you're lost this morning, the first place you've got to be brought, you've got to go to the priest. Nobody else can help you but Jesus Christ. We see the place where the leper must be brought. Now let's look, number two, at the great things that happens when the leper is brought there. What happens when that leper is brought to that priest is a picture of salvation. Now get a hold of this. It is interesting as we look at this disease of leprosy to know that in those days there was no cure for the disease of leprosy. But people wouldn't get cured. How that happened? Well, there wasn't a cure. So the only one won't answer. I'll get there in a second. If you're here and you're lost, I've got good news for you. There may not have been a cure for the leper, but friend, that's a cure for you. Hey, friend, he's way up in heaven this morning.
man seated at the right hand of God. And he said, I've got the blood that will cleanse you and make you free. I'm telling you, there's a cure for all the things going on in the world. For all the people who's doing them, there's a cure. But then you're lost under the sound of my voice. There's a cure for you this morning. Jesus Christ is the cure for you. Friend, listen, I'm glad, hallelujah, on October 1st of 2012, Jesus showed me He's the cure. Amen. I ain't been right ever since, but I've been right ever since. Amen. If we had just stopped reading here in chapter 13, we would have been the most discouraged people in the whole entire world. Listen, we would have known about the disease of leprosy. We would have known it to be a type of sin, the Word of God. But how sad would it have been to know about leprosy and not know about cure? It had been sad. God didn't stop there. There was no cure for, the de- for that disease of leprosy. There's a cure for the disease called sin. Now get a hold of this. Uh, stay with me in your Bible. In chapter 14 of the book of Leviticus, it brings us to a happier note in the Word of God. It shows us this morning that something that a lost and dying world needs to see. Not only does it show us something the lost needs, it shows us something the lost needs each and every day. So in chapter 14, you'll see a picture that's painted of salvation that is full and that is free. Friend, if you're here and lost just like the leper, uh, you, uh, the world uh, can never find a cure. Listen, people searched and searched and in 2020, as far as I know, there's still not a cure for that old leper. But friend, even though the world can't find the cure, Friend, listen, we know Jesus Christ had the cure. Friend, if you're sitting here lost, Jesus Christ has the cure. You can be cleansed from all your sin. You can be restored. Get a hold of this. The Jews had no cure for leprosy whatsoever. But our great God of heaven sure did. Listen to your Bible. Luke 4 and 27 says this. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elias the prophet. And none of them was cleansed. Saving Naaman. That means except. None of them was clean except Naaman. Whoa, what happened? Something did. Listen to this. The Bible said, I'm going to read it again. And many lepers were there in Israel in the time of Elias the prophet. And none of them was cleansed saving Naaman. The Syrian. The Bible said in Jonah 2 and verse number 9. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed. The Bible said salvation is of the Lord. Friend, the only way for that leper to be cleansed in those days. And the only way for a sinner to be cleansed in our day. Is by the great and almighty power of God. Friend, listen. If an old dirty rotten sinner does not ever come in contact with the Lord Jesus Christ. They will die lost and go straight. Friend, there's a cure in the day in which we live. Salvation's of the Lord. He's our only Savior. Friend, if we'd never gotten saved by God's great, wonderful grace, all of you sitting here saved, we'd have died lost. You're sitting here lost. If you don't get saved under that same grace, you'll die lost on your way to hell. Oh, friend, there's a cure. Thank God there's a cure. Amen. Amen. I once was nothing but a lost and dirty, rotten leper. But hallelujah to God, I'm now like old Naaman. Amen. 
been cleansed and washed the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Alright. The first place that a person or a leper had to be brought was they had to be brought to the priest. Now in this very hour in which we live, not only must he go to the priest and to the Savior, but hallelujah to God. Ain't you glad the Savior will come to them? Friend, listen. The Bible said here in Leviticus 14, verse number 1 through 3, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest. Now get a hold. Then the priest shall go forth out of the camp. Thank God he went out of the camp. I'm glad that he went to Calvary's cross. I'm glad that he died for us. But not only did he go out of the camp then, he's going out of the camp now. And he's searching. And he's knocking on sinners' lost hearts. And he's saying, won't you please let me in. He'll come right to where you're at. Hallelujah. And show you that you're lost. You know how you know you're lost? Jesus showed you. Amen. Friend, I'm glad He does that. Listen, friend. Uh, so He should be brought to the Bible in Leviticus 14 and 3. And the priest shall go forth out of the camp. And the priest shall look and behold if the plague of lepers be healed in the leper when the leper could not go into the camp. The priest would go right down there to where he was at. Oh, my soul. I'm glad. Man, he came to me in a bar right where I was at. Told me and my little wife, we got to go to the house of God. That's all I know. Come out of nowhere. I wasn't thinking about God. I wasn't thought. But thank God, God come to me. Hallelujah. He'll come around where the lost sinner's at if they'll just listen. For in the Bible in Luke 19 and 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. For in the Bible tells us that when Jesus Christ came and walked on this earth, Jesus Christ was a friend of publicans and of sinners. The Bible in Luke 7 and 34, the Son of Man has come eating and drinking. And you say, Behold, a gluttonous man, a wine bibber. That's what they thought about it. But the Bible said, A friend of publicans and sinners. The Bible said, John 15 and 13, Greater love hath no man than this. That a man laid down his life for his friends. I'm glad, thank God this morning that Jesus Christ is a friend of sinners. And if you're lost this morning, all he wants to do is enter into a relationship with you. He wants to be your friend. The greatest friend sinners ever known. Lord Jesus Christ. I've got a lot of friends in life. And I'm telling you I love them. But they'll let you down. Get to where you expect too much of them. And then before you know it, they'll let you down. But I'm telling you about a friend this morning who will not ever let you down. The Bible said in Proverbs chapter number 18 and 24, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Jesus Christ has never left me. Jesus Christ has never forsaken me. Jesus Christ has never told me to get lost. And then there's been times he should have. Jesus Christ has never let me down. Friend, I may not mean much to the world, but I mean something. Thank God. Hey, listen. If you're saved and born again, you may not mean much to the world, but you surely mean something to the one that matters most, the Lord Jesus Christ, who saved your soul. Jesus Christ is not only a friend, but Jesus Christ is sent to be a doctor. Now remember, we all have a disease called sin. If you're lost this morning, you've got a disease called sin. Well, I'm telling you, praise God, the doctor's in the house, and you ain't got to sit in the waiting room for three hours to wait on him to come to you. He'll come right 
Bible said this uh, in Matthew 9, 10, and 13. And it came to pass as Jesus sat at me in the house. Let me slow down. Behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said to them, They that behold thee, not a physician, but they that are sick. You know what you found out today? You said, Preacher Moss. You know what? When God shows you your need of a Savior, when God shows you your loss, you said, I'm sick. I was sick. Needed something. Had a disease called sin. I needed something. Well, who'd I need? Jesus Christ. He said, Jesus heard and he said to them that they that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Jesus Christ in our day and our time has come to the world to be a doctor, to perform a surgery that you cannot see with your eyes. I'm telling you this morning, he'll cleanse you up and cleanse your mind. Dig in there with that scalpel that you can't see and dig out all the sin and cast it to the sea of forgiveness. Hallelujah. The Lord Jesus Christ does that for us. Friend, I'm glad to report to you Jesus Christ is the great physician. Listen to me. The Bible said in Revelation 3 and 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And even though that verse is talking about the church, He'll stand at the lost sinner's door and He'll knock. Friend, he's knocking on you. Just let him in. Let him in. That's what he wants. Jesus Christ to come right to your way. Come right to where you're at. Knock on your door. But only you can let him in. Only you can do that. In the Old Testament days, in the case of a leper, now get a hold of this. The priest went out to investigate and determine whether or not the victim had been healed. Now in our day and time, Jesus knows who's sick with the sickness of sin. Jesus Christ in our day comes to each and every individual and He gives them all a chance. He knocks on their heart's door and He offers to heal them of their sickness, which is the guiltiness and the weightiness of sin. Be saved if you're lost for Him. But not only does the priest come to the leper who is healed or unhealed, He does something else we might find a little odd. Now get a hold of this. I want you to stay with me. When God showed me this, uh, if this don't bless your heart, your woods with. If this don't light your fire, your woods with. Amen. Get a hold of this. The priest in those days had offered two birds upon the altar. Now read your Bible. The Bible says in Leviticus 14 and verse 4. Then shall a priest command to take for him that is to be cleansed. Two birds alive and clean, and cedar wood and scarlet and hyssop. Now, if you were to keep reading, you'd see that that priest will let one bird live and the other bird they put to death. Now you might say, preacher, what does that have to do with me? I'll say, I'm glad you asked. Amen. So what these verses picture is they picture exactly what Jesus Christ done for you and what He done for me. Listen, Mr. Warden Wearsby had it right when he said birds do not belong in clay jars. They belong in the heavens. Now get a hold of this. Uh, Jesus Christ came and He left His home in heaven. Now this bird is in a vessel. Get a hold of it. He done that. Jesus Christ left heaven. He done that for you and for me. It's just like the bird that was put in the vessel. Now, it's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ who was put in an earthen vessel for you and for me. Those vessels, see, they were clay. Now, Jesus Christ came in human clay so that He could die for you and for me. That bird is a picture telling 
knows who to look for and who is coming, but they wouldn't listen now. That bird was put into an earthen vessel. That bird was killed in running water. And that running water that he was killed over is a type and a picture of the Holy Ghost of God in which Jesus Christ offered Himself through. Now get a hold of this. Alright, so the Bible said Hebrews 9 and 14, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit, that's the Holy Ghost, offered Himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Jesus Christ came in an earthen vessel of clay. He offered up Himself for you and for me through the Holy Spirit. And in those verses I also see something else that He'd offer. Now, get a hold of this. This priest would offer two birds and we've seen the one bird dies and loses its life. You with me? But we see another bird. Now that other bird was chosen to live and to be set free. That is a picture of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The grave couldn't hold Him down. Amen. The, the, uh, the sin of the world could not stop Him. Hey, death, hell, and the grave could not stop Him. And with all the craziness in the world right now, Jesus Christ is still alive and He's still well. I'm telling you, in the Old Testament pictures, I'm glad you can see Jesus from the beginning to the end. Only a living Savior is the one who can set lost sinners free. All the way through the book of Leviticus, Jesus Christ said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Showed time after time after time. Not only is the bird placed in an earthen vessel, not only is the bird killed over running water, but all that would have been in vain if the blood had never been applied. Get a hold of this. Just like the blood of Christ. Friend, Jesus Christ came and died for lost sinners, but He came back from the grave. He done it all for you and for me. For each and every individual, His death and His burial and resurrection will not ever do you any good unless the blood is applied. You can read it for yourself later, but that priest, after that dead bird, he would take the blood of that dead bird and he'd place it on the left. I think it was on his right ear, his right toe, and he placed that one. And then that leper, or then that priest, would pronounce him clean. Oh God, I'm getting ahead of myself. You know what that means for us? The day the blood has been on Jr. means we're clean. Means we're washed. Hallelujah. Means we're never dirty. On the inside. Friend, after the blood was applied, and once that leper was cleansed seven times, last seven times, seven in the Word of God is a number of perfection. So that priest that had done the cleansing would now pronounce the leper clean. He would not have ever known that he was clean if the priest hadn't looked at him and said, you are clean. Friend, if you've been set free from all of your sin, if you've been set free by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ does not ever say, how do you feel? Jesus Christ said, if you trusted in me by grace through faith, you are clean. Hey, salvation there's days I don't feel very safe. Amen. I pitched me a Jones fit yesterday and I didn't feel very safe. But you know what? I'm not basing my salvation on what I feel. I'm basing on what Christ told me in the Word of God. Hey, the devil will come at you and he'll say, if you done it, if you, if you say you were saved, you wouldn't have done it. 
Well, you know what? I'm not basing my salvation on what the devil says. I'm basing on what the Word of God says. Hey, man, if the Word of God says you're clean, well, praise God, you believe it by grace through faith, you're clean. Hey, man, we've looked at the place where the leper must be brought. We've looked at the great thing that happens when the leper's brought there. Now I want to close. Thought number three. The thing that's happened to the leper for a lifetime. What has happened to the leper? He's cleansed. Now he's got to shave off his hair. That's what they did. And he's got to wash himself. That's what he had to do. Now what has happened to the Word of God is that the leper who's now cleansed. Now that leper can now go back into the camp. Oh, yeah. Are y'all getting a hold of this? Watch your cleanse. You can go right up to the throne of grace. And you can crawl up in the arms of Jesus. And you can pour your heart out to Him. Hey, you've got privilege to pray. Child of God, there's a lot of folks wanting to take privilege away. But they cannot ever take away the privilege to pray. Crawl up to an almighty God. Cuddle up to Him. Tell Him what's on your heart. Friend, the leper's cleansed. He, he, he got saved. And they that are cleansed, not just for a little while. They, not only they don't get cleansed for just a little bit. Cleansed forever. Forever. Child of God. There's days we may not feel very saved. There's days we mess up and make mistakes. But the Bible says if you're saved, you're saved. Jesus Christ ain't going to take you back. Thank God. Hey, let me tell you something. The devil won't like this because he wants you to think you're lost. And I'm telling you this morning, if you have come the way the book says that you're to come, you're saved. Amen. Listen, friend. Uh, we see the lepers cleanse. Then in Leviticus 14, if you were to begin in verse number 10, you'd see the leper can now offer sacrifice to God. Look with me. Uh, the Bible says in Leviticus 14 and 10. Now get a hold of this. I'm going to go slow. And on the eighth day, he shall take two he lambs without blemish. Uh, if you highlight your Bible, mark that eighth day. On the eighth day, he shall take two he lambs without blemish. And one year lamb of the first year without blemish, and three tenth deals of fine flour for a meat offering, mingled with oil, and one log for oil. So we see that the cleansed person can now take the required sacrifices and offerings to the priest. And we see that he does this on the eighth day. Why does he do it on the eighth day? Do you believe that every word of God is put here for a reason? I do. The eighth day. So just like the number seven is a picture of perfection, the number eight. Is a picture of new beginnings. Hell, if we went back in the camp, he said, Boys, I've got me a new start. He said, I've got me a new beginning. There was a lady who got saved at home church one time, and she came up off the altar and she said, I feel so light. What happened? Her sins were gone. She got a new beginning. Glory to God, friend. Do you realize this morning, the day you got saved, all that past the devil tries to bring up in your life, all that stuff that keeps bringing to your, uh, uh, to your remembrance, you can tell them, hey, devil, it's gone. Hey, let him leave you alone for a little while. Take him back to where the blood was applied and tell him you've got your new beginning through the blood of Jesus Christ. The day that you got saved, you got yourself a new beginning. Hallelujah. So did this leper. The sacrifice is all pictures of the works. 
by our Savior Jesus Christ. I'm going to give you this quickly. I'm going to close. The sin offering pictures Christ atoning for our sin. The trespass offering reminds us that Christ paid the debt that we can never pay because just like the leper, uh, we cannot serve God until He cleansed us with the blood of His Son. The man dedicates himself completely to God in the burnt offering. That's a, a picture and a type of man dedicating himself to God. And then you've got a meal offering. That meal offering displayed the perfections of Christ which were accepted. See, they accepted the meal. And Christ was accepted for the imperfectness of you and I. Hallelujah, friend. In the whole time of this ceremony, the priest would treat the cleansed leper just like a fellow priest. I'm going to close that one. Try. Not a lot more I can say. You realize this morning the world may treat you unfair. I'm not preaching your old sin, smiling on you, but I am a little happy this morning. The world may treat you unfair, but the whole time, as, as dirt, our Savior and our great high priest. What a priest. What a Savior. Oh, thank you this morning for dying on the cross of Calvary. How thankful that He treats us like kings and like priests. Not one time has He ever let us go without a gift. Not one time have I ever not had shoes and clothes to put my feet in and to cover my back with. Treats us like priests and kings. As undeserving as we are. What a priest. What a savior. That's the message. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Brother